Oh, magnify the Lord with me this day. And may we proclaim as David that we will bless the Lord at all times, uncertain times, rainy days, rainbows and sunshine. For this is the day that the Lord has made and may we together rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, be with us as we hear your word this day. May it engage and touch our minds, our bodies, and our souls anew. And together we said, Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, I ask that you would join with me in thinking, reflecting, and discerning on this question. What is your why? The well-known TED Talker, author, Simon Sinek, who wrote Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action, and Find Your Why, a practical guide for discovering purpose for you and your team, explains that why is probably the most important message that an organization or an individual can communicate, as this is what inspires others to action. Start With Why is how you explain your purpose and the reason you exist and behave as you do. So essentially, your why, it's your purpose, it's who you are, it's your cause, it's your reason for doing the things that you do, it is what you stand for, or what you believe in, what you put your faith in. Cynic was recently asked why the why he writes about is so important in times of uncertainty. And he replied, times are always uncertain. Even when you have sustained growth, it's, not going, it's going to end someday. Nobody wants their house to burn down and most houses thankfully do not burn down, but we still have insurance. He says that's called uncertainty. Cynic goes on to explain that it's easy for us to lose sight of our why when things are going well enough to have a semblance of certainty, we often lose sight of the purpose that drives us. He goes on to say, if we're on a road trip across the country and our goal is to cover 150 miles a day and we make 180, we get all wrapped up in the metrics that seem to spell success and forget about the destination entirely. It's only when there's a roadblock or you're struggling or something's not going right, that you start thinking, why am I on the road in the first place? And that's what why means. It means before you get in the car, you actually have a sense of destination. So if we can understand what our why is and what it definitely isn't, we can focus on the big picture rather than just the milestones that mark our accomplishments. In essence, when we understand what our why is, we can keep on keeping on even when we can't see the horizon. So upon first hearing this question this morning, perhaps your mind is starting to think about your wives and your answers may sound something like this. Your, your wives, your children and your family, your ambitions, your job, your fear of failure, your desire to make money. Perhaps it's those secret insecurities. But I ask you this morning, to go deep within, just for a few minutes. You don't have to stay there too long. And consider this question 
from a very intimate space, the space where your mind, your spirit, your heart, and your soul converge and ask yourself, what is my why? I invite you to consider this question in the context of your faith life, of your faith journey, and your relationship to the very lover of your soul, our God and our Savior. In our second lesson reading this morning, in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus that God destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us. In him, in God, we have redemption through Christ's blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he has lavished upon us. He goes on in verses 11 and 12 and says, In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In this text, Paul is writing from prison. Talk about understanding your why. To encourage unity and encourage believers in the faith and tells them, hey, we have been chosen by God to be holy and blameless. We have been adopted, which means we've been put on the same level as Jesus, on equal footing with Jesus as the sons and the daughters, the heirs of God. We've been blessed with God's grace. What is this grace? It is something we could never earn, something we could never deserve. It is God's unmerited favor, God's trust in us, God's willingness to help us, and God's giving that to us freely. We have then, he writes, been redeemed by Christ's sacrifice and then forgiven of all of our sins. I think we oftentimes gloss over that, but I'm, I'm just, the worst thing that you've ever done. Don't tell anybody. That thing you said, you know you had no business saying. That thing you omitted, that thing you denied. God has forgiven you freely. He's thrown that sin into a sin called forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. That is the forgiveness that we've been promised by our adoption. And by this grace-filled relationship with God, we've also been given an inheritance. That means we've been tag-teamed into God's legacy, an inheritance that includes eternal life, that includes freedom from that sin and its impending curse of death, an inheritance that includes peace that makes no sense, a, a peace that surpasses all understanding. In the midst of the storm, God can quell our souls. Uh, God promises an inheritance of a joy, a joy that the world didn't give us, so the world can't actually take it away. God has promised you an inheritance of a supply that's not limited to God's, to, to our bank account, but it is expanded because it's according to God's riches in glory. This inheritance is an opportunity to take part in a transforming journey through life and a reason for our hope against hope. So I invite you this morning to consider with me what our why is 
what your why is in connection with your relationship with God. And why this why does not have to be so tidy and neatly packaged. I, I, I'm not going to give you your why. I'm going to encourage you to, to, to discern it in the context of this text today. As the Christian mystic Madeline Leangle wrote in her 1996 series of reflections entitled Penguins and Golden Calves, she says, what I believe is so magnificent, so glorious, that my belief is beyond finite, finite comprehension. To believe that the universe was created by a purposeful being is one thing. To believe that this creator then took on human vesture, accepted death and mortality, was tempted, betrayed, broken, and all for love of us, defies reason. It is so wild that it terrifies some Christians who try to dogmatize their fear by lashing out at other Christians because a tidy Christianity with all answers given is easier than one which reaches out to the wild wonder of God's love, a love that we don't even have to earn. Our why is tied up in this wild wonder of God's love not just in our professional world and endeavors or even when looking at your personal life activities, but in your inmost self. This why gives you a destination. It provides an anchor for your hope in hopeless moments. It provides a kindling to keep your faith hearth burning when only darkness and overwhelming odds surround you. It allows you to sing in the midst of exiling circumstances that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus's name, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. When uncertainty surrounds you, when overwhelming odds try to close in on you, your why rises up and says that your hope is built on this solid rock. As a believer, I submit that our why is linked to our inheritance. Our why is linked to the grace extended freely by God, by a God who loves us so much that God sent God's only begotten son to die so that we might be redeemed and adopted. It's what Paul says later in the book of Ephesians when he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Our why. When imperfectly tied up in this relationship with God allows us and compels us to press forward and overcome those things that try to get in its way. What gets in the way of our why? What clouds our intentionalities to live a life of faith? Things like disinformation. Data has shown us that Disinformation is spreading faster than truth through social media. What gets in the way of your why past hurts and experiences? Feelings of, 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 of being forsaken by God, perhaps? It's temptations. I mean, even Jesus was tempted in 
The, the, in, the, in the wilderness, Luke 4 tells us how Jesus was tempted by the lust of the flesh, by the lust of the eye, by the pride of life. Perhaps your comfort level is clouding your why. Maybe it's your success has clouded your why or fears of a health diagnosis, of challenges in your relationships, of stress over your finances. This morning, I, I want to encourage you to get back to your why by doing two simple things. First, get back into the Word of God. Not just what we read on Sunday mornings in service, but the study of the Word. Why? Not so that you can quote it and sound overly intellectual in your faith walk and extra holy, but because the Word of God is active and alive. The word of God becomes sharper than any double-edged sword to cut through mess and, and muck to get us back to who we are in God. When we get into the word of God, we are, we, are, we are drawn closer to God by revealing and seeing God's character, God's mercifulness, God's faithfulness, God's love for us. When we get into the word of God, we realize God loves us with an everlasting love that that God has not forgotten about us, that God is working on our behalf, that God keeps us when everything is amok, that God fights our battles for us, that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know about you, but just realizing these words is encouraging my faith. This morning, I pray that the word might encourage our faith as we strive to walk one foot in front of the other in our faith journey. For when we get into the word of God, we realize that God will make a way out of no way, that God is a God of the impossible. When you spend time with God and God's word, you remember who you are and whose you are. And not only do I encourage you to spend time in this active and alive word of God, but I encourage you to shift the focus of your worship. You do realize that we were all created to worship. What has happened to many is that our worship gaze is distracted. We, we worship those things we worry about, those things that circumstances have brought our way, rather than worshiping our God. It's the Psalm 24 states so beautifully and eloquently that the God we serve was the creator of heaven and earth, that the God we serve founded and established on the seas and the rivers, this what we call earth, the God we serve, when we lift up our heads unto this God and be lifted up, we begin to realize that this God is sovereign. This God is greater than circumstance. This God is stronger than any challenge that may have come your way. This God has the whole world in God's hands. What I love about this psalm and the psalms that we read throughout the Old Testament is that they remind us of this God, that they connect us to this God and show us how we relate. Who, this great grand God, who is it that we are that this God would be mindful of us? When we lift up our heads, as the psalmist does in Psalm 24, we realize that our worship and our gaze shifts and we begin to sense and understand how amazing this relationship is with this God who is so grand, who sits so high, and yet looks low enough to be concerned about 
our issues, our challenges. When we focus our drive, our ambitions, our, our, and put all of our will into this relationship with God, it shifts our understanding of our why. This focus on God through word and through worship gets us back to our why. This focus on God through word and through worship helps us to break out of our fear, helps us to break out of our default patterns, helps us to begin to believe God rather than just believe in God. To believe a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. This wild, wondrous God who loves us, and when we do that, we begin to discern our why. When our why is anchored in our relationship with God, it compels us to act differently. When our why is anchored and tethered to the love of God, it puts us in a place where we are convicted to serve this God. Through hope, through inspiration and conviction, we are Reminded of the words that God speaks through the prophet Micah when he says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? As heirs, we have a mandate to carry on this legacy of love, of justice, of truth, of courage. When we identify our why and tap into the connection that that why has to relationship with God, we are able to tap into a well that will never run dry. We're able to stand when we want to sit. We're able to speak when we would otherwise remain silent. When we lean into God, we are able to move out of places of discomfort and connect with people across the aisle, across divisions and gaps. We are able to see opportunity rather than weakness. We are able to stand with integrity so that as the, the tree in Psalm 1 says, as the roots are grounded so that when the wind blows, we don't break. And then even in uncertain times, we can cling to a blessed assurance that Jesus is ours. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, for we are heirs of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, and washed in his blood. When you connect your why to this wild, wondrous God, this is your story. This is your song, praising your Savior all the day long. Amen.